Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Med Skeen, sitting in for Tom Brown today, and I am excited about this show. Uh, we have here in the studio, live right now, our three awesome men. These men humble me. These men show me what mission and what the gospel is all about. And I'm still learning. Uh, after all these years, actually, I found out that I've done, I've learned a few wrong things and I had to undo them. And uh, that's kind of a fun thing at my age. But I got to tell you, I'm sitting here with uh, Stephen Johnson, who works for the Harvest Foundation. Uh, I'm also sitting here with Anthony Cox. He is a uh, partner of mine at Mercy Hill Church, downtown Urban Core, Phoenix. Amen, huh? And I'm sitting here with Stephen Muschini. My brother from another mother. I got to tell you, he is a uh, missionary and coordinator uh, for Harvest Foundation in six different countries in Africa. And uh, I do have those countries. I'm going to open this up. I'm hoping people hear me. Number one, pastors, ministers, uh, missionaries, lay people. People are interested in actually knowing what the gospel really is and and how to apply a gospel-like living ministry, how to live out the gospel daily. And not just here in America, but all over the globe. And one big picture I'd like to show before I uh, before the show is over, and that is how small uh, the globe really is. And Stephen, you have helped me to see the size of this globe that Jesus wants to win over for the world. And he has said for us to go preach the gospel into all nations. And when he says that, it's not like we have different messages for each nation. We have the same message. And the last couple of weeks hanging out with you, buddy, I got to tell you, it is the same message with the same method. We have the same, we make the same mistakes and we find out the people out there, they're all the same. And I'm also going to ask you a question. What are the differences? And I think you know know what you'll be saying there. But uh, I'm very excited about being here uh, and just hearing what these guys have to say. I brought Anthony in because I want him to to help me bounce off of what actually goes on through a a bona fide, legitimate, legit mission organization like Harvest Foundation. I know Bob Moffat. I've known him 30 years I don't know if that's when it first began. Steve, is that when it began? Yeah, it's been uh, in existence for about 30 years. So here we have Steve, who's sitting here working here in, in the United States for Bob Moffat. He is actually got a long title. He's the, <laughs> the global communication coordinator. And I said, what in the world do you do? And uh, I thought maybe you traveled the globe, but what do you actually do? First of all, can you talk to the boss about getting me a raise? I'm going to do that as soon as we're done. <laughs> Ellie, if you're listening, you're the first person I'm talking to. Uh, my position at Harvest is I, I maintenance our website uh, page. I also maintenance the Facebook uh, page, and we have a Twitter account. And I also do all the uh, uh, communicating with our, our um, prayer team our um, donors, and also our um, area coordinators, our global coordinators. I send messages out to them as well. 
and you do, like you said, the website, and you just started a Twitter account, huh? Yes, we just started. We're yeah. trying to take it to the next level. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's going to be exciting. I know that, yes. uh, you know, it's innovative. You know, I, I met Bob a long time ago. And I just saw his heart, and I fell in love with yes. the Harvest Foundation. Yes. And now we're kind of connected. Well, guys, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm, this is a, a short segment. We're going to come back for the first segment. This is just the introduction. And we're going to come back, and we'll have a, almost 14 minutes to unfold and unpack what actually goes on around the world uh, in missions. So you are listening to the Koinia uh, on Faith Talk, 1360 KPXQ. I'm Med Skeens, filling in for Tom Brown, and I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back to Koine on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Med Skeen, sitting in for Tom Brown, and in the studio today are three awesome men, and I'm very grateful and humbled to be here with them. Stephen Johnson, uh, he's the global coordinator uh, for Harvest Foundation, which uh, the founder and CEO, the man, is uh, Bob Moffitt. I'm sitting here with Stephen Muschini, who is a, a coordinator for six countries in Africa and also a missionary himself. We'll talk about that. Uh, in a bit, and I'm uh, also with my, uh, my 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 partner in crime is Anthony Cox from Mercy Hill Church downtown. We are missionaries. He is a church planner, came out here from North Carolina, and uh, has done a good job. My wife Gail and I connected with him and Carla and a couple other pastors, and we are hitting it hard in the urban core downtown Phoenix. And I, I'm very grateful. And the reason I brought him is because. After spending a couple weeks with Stephen and knowing about the Harvest Foundation and Bob Moffitt and what they do, I've been involved several times over the decade uh, with Bob in different uh, roles, prayer ministry, talking to him at breakfast about different things I can help with uh, when the missionaries come out. And actually, 2012 was when I met you, Stephen, at one of those. So... That's how I'm connected to Harvest and Mercy Hill uh, collaborates ministry with Harvest. Uh, we use our facility for their prayer time, and we uh, have been in meetings with them. We pray for you, you pray for us, Absolutely. and we collaborate ministry, and, which is a very healthy thing. So um, back to you, Stephen Johnson. So um, you say uh, how many continents uh, do uh, uh, does uh, Harvest Foundation work with? At least three continents that we work with. Um, I work. We work with. Uh, we work with Stephen in Kenya. Um, we work with uh, Chris Ampatu in Ghana and Prakash in India, and also Mandan Shaw in Nepal. So you know missionaries pretty much on three different continents, right? Yes. Here yes. you go. Well, let me ask you this: How many? How many countries are served? Through Harvest Foundation, there's about uh, thirty countries that are served. Okay, and how many actual missionaries? And we have about anywhere from fifty-nine to sixty missionaries. Okay, globally, so, and they're pretty active. Very active. Yeah, I can tell. Active. I uh, I got one that stays at my house a couple weeks every other year, and I tell you that guy is a hardworking, gospel thumping, evangelical loving guy. 
I love you, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so, I, I learned so much from them. It's just such a blessing to bring them in, and I, I just learned so much from them. It's such a blessing. So every two years, Bob Moffitt and the crew, Ellie, Clayton, they all bring in these missionary, yes. mainly the coordinators this time. Mainly the coordinators this this time. They fly them in, they, and they have a conference every other year. Yes. And are you allowed to share any secrets? What do you do at that conference? Well, we discuss uh, the, the the strategies that are being used um, globally um, by all of our coordinators. And this year, we had a uh, global conference for just the leaders to uh, un- un- unveil a new strategy that uh, Harvest is uh, uh, implementing. And that's that. That strategy is called uh, Samaritan Strategies. The Samaritan Strategy. The S- I Samaritan like that just strategy. by the name. Yes, yes. Can, and knowing awesome. Bob Moffitt and, of course, Stephen and some of the other missionaries, uh, I got to tell you, I, I could stand with that. And we'll unpack that later. But I got to tell you that you um, you represent a big global movement in missions. And I see that because I know Bob, I know Ellie and Clayton, Clayton's brother from Brazil, who stayed with us one year. And when I I see all these missionaries and what you guys are doing, I'm grateful just to just rub shoulders with you guys and collaborate ministry. So I've learned a lot. Well, Steve, I really wanted you here because you bring a substantial amount. I know you do the Facebook for Harvest Foundation. So if you've never, uh, if you're on Facebook, look up Harvest Foundation and it'll pop up. And that's what Stephen does. He just, like he said, he opened a new Twitter. He's also doing uh, the website and some other things. But I think a lot of the information will be on Facebook. Yes. So, Thank you, Stephen Johnson, for doing that. Now I'm going to move over to Stephen Muschini. Stephen? Yes. I'm going to I'm going to say I love you, bro. I'm saying that publicly with 20 million thousand megawatts. I know Tom always tells the number of megawatts they have here, but I want everyone to know, bro, I love you. You know, and you're like a friend. And there's good friends and then there's brothers. You stay at our house with my wife, my kids, my grandkids are around. And I got to tell you, friends are friends, but brothers are brothers. And when I see you, I, don't, I never have to worry about you because I know your heart. I know what you're thinking. I know your, what your next move is because you're gospel-centered, and that's what you do. But I'm going to get right into this, okay? <clears throat> so, Stephen, are you married? Yes, I'm married uh, to Margaret. And uh, we are blessed with four children who are adults. And uh, I'm also a grandpa, uh, blessed with a granddaughter, uh, one and a half years old. And, uh, yeah, I have three sons and one daughter. Well, I've shared those pictures on Facebook, so, yes, I love it. And I have talked to your daughter, and we are Facebook buddies. The others, uh, I don't think they're available on Facebook. But Irene and I, we uh, converse a lot. I know her dream is to come here to go to a university, and we'll talk about that in the last segment. But i got to tell you, I love your family. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to our prayer is in two years. Margaret's coming out here, too. So tell Bob. All right. All right. That's right. Looking forward to it. So if if Margaret and Stephen can stay at our house with Med and Gail, I got to tell you, that would be a joy. Well, you know, Stephen, um, the countries you told me, uh, you you, want to list those six countries? Well, uh, one of the countries where uh, I reside, and that is my own country, is Kenya. Uh, Other countries that I serve, and they have 
their own coordinators as well, uh, uh, apart from Tanzania and Sudan. Uh, it is uh, Sudan, South Sudan, uh, S- uh, Tanzania, Rwanda, uh, Sa- uh, East Congo, um, and uh, um, Uganda. Uganda. Well, see, yeah, I actually had to write those down. So you're at um, you're Kenya, South Sudan, East Congo, Rwanda, Uganda, and Tanzania. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to get right to the chase. What are the similarities when you go and minister and do workshops and train pastors and leaders? Uh, what what are some similarities that you see in churches and, and communities? The similarities that I see in the churches and in the communities uh, is brokenness. And brokenness is across the board. And so those are the similarities that I see both in church and outside the church, or if you want to say in the community. Wow. So, Anthony... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm through this these segments. I'm going to kind of coincide with what we're doing. So when we go into neighborhoods and, and and our church and and even my my family, what's something you see? Yeah, brokenness. Yeah. So what you're saying is, what goes on on the other side of the planet in the southern hemisphere is the same as us. That's true. Okay. And so here you hear. Stephen Johnson, that mm-hmm. we have a, a missionary coordinator in six countries saying the major similarity is brokenness. Mm-hmm. Anthony verifies right here in our own town is brokenness. So let me ask you this, and you'll answer from uh, a Mercy Hill perspective and what we do. But when you move into these, these communities and you see these pastors, what do you actually do? Basically, what we do is uh, we 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 work together with the the leaders or church leaders, pastors, evangelists, uh, youth leaders, women leaders, and we bring them together uh, to have uh, training. Uh, prior to the full training, which takes five days, we would have a one or two days to do what we call vision casting. So we would do a vision casting, and a vision casting is introductory to to the full training, which requires them to organize a team that will run the full training that takes a week. So once you get this team together, is there an agenda? Yes. The agenda is that... uh, uh, that by the end of the day, they will be able to learn that God has a big agenda for their community, for their church, and for individuals, because church is individuals. And so uh, by the end of the day, people come to realize that uh, this is what they have been lacking. And they reach out and say, surely, where has this been? We've missed something. We would be very far if we would have received this. Wow. So I see a big word called collaboration. Yes. You guys collaborate. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony, when we see the brokenness in our neighborhood, the triangle, wh- what do we do? Yeah. 
it's it's not about Mercy Hill Church and it's not about any any other church. What we're talking about is brokenness that exists all around our city and every community, every neighborhood. Um, what we need is is kingdom presence, and it's it's not about building a church; it's about building the kingdom. And you know, I just as I hear Stephen talk and just the passion and ethos of you know Harvest Ministries, I, I remember the words of Jesus in, in Luke chapter four: "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight of the blind. He set liberty." Uh, for those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came for those who were broken and oppressed and the vulnerable. And we see that with Stephen's ministry, just as we see that uh, with a, a kingdom presence in our communities. Um, and it's a kingdom collaboration. You know, we're not going to be able to make any impact in our cities unless we can find a way to work together uh, to reach the oppressed and the vulnerable in our in our areas, in our neighborhoods. Do you see it that way, Stephen? Very true. And I see it um, when uh, people or church leaders start working in unity because Christ is the head of the church. And therefore, it is mandatory for us to be able to work as a team, uh, collaborating with one another, bringing our ideas, bringing our strength, our unity in purpose to make sure that it works. Out. Wow, this is powerful, guys. Uh, we're about to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to go ahead and, and open up a can of worms with a biblical worldview and holistic discipleship, which you've been teaching me for the last few nights, Stephen. So you are listening to Koinia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Med Skeens sitting in for Tom Brown, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Koinia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Med Skeen sitting in for Tom Brown, and I'm grateful for that. In the studio are three awesome gentlemen that's just sitting there teaching me so much about missions, gospel living, and what it means to have a global view of, of living out the gospel. So I'm, uh, I'm going back to Stephen Muschini. And Stephen, uh, as we've talked the last few nights, and I ask you what you do as you move through these six different countries in Africa, as you coordinate and as you, you, you do your mission work with these pastors and leaders, you told me two things. You said a biblical worldview, you, you focus on a biblical worldview for these leaders, and you also have a holistic discipleship approach. So the first thing I want to ask you is, could you unpack what it means, a, a biblical worldview, as you move into these communities and leaders? Sure. Maybe I would be, uh, I would give a definition of what a worldview is. So a worldview is a set of assumptions uh, held consciously or unconsciously in faith about the basic making of the world and how the world works. So there are ways of seeing the world. Everyone has a worldview, even though many people uh, do not conscious think about their worldview. And therefore, for this reason, um, each of us, we have a worldview. And a worldview is literally, you would call it a set of classes that we have 
on our minds. And we, through those set of classes, we are able to see how the world functions. And so we are able to interpret what, uh, how the world runs, what the world thinks, and all that works around in all spheres of life. So that's what uh, a worldview is. The other thing maybe, a worldview is never merely a vision of life, but it helps us interpret the world around us. It sorts out what is important and what is not, what is of highest value from what is least. So our worldview is like a pair of classes, just as I said earlier on. And so our worldview determines what we see, not what is to be seen. And that's very, very important. And coming from the other side of the world, uh, Kenya and in the region or in the continent, each communities, there are many tribes, people groups that have different worldviews. And those particular worldviews determine each people group how they interpret the world around them and, and you, how to you told me in one of those countries there's over 150 people groups in one country yes in south sudan there are over 150 people groups and all of them speak different languages and therefore uh, cultural practices are totally different they are not the same so a biblical worldview is pretty well needed in a country like that and how do you go about applying that now the application is that uh, what we do is not to go in as we know. No. Because the traditional is that the content-focused advice giving people listen, they listen to the outsider to tell them this is what you need to know. But the new way to go about it is that is learner-centered awareness Rising people create solutions inside, inside, insiders on solutions people take action. In other words, you help them to discover for themselves. They discuss over their own worldviews, their own issues. And so our work is to facilitate. We don't go there and start telling them what you're doing is not right. But we help them to discover what is your worldview. What does it mean to you? What impact? From what I've always learned is in America, we are so powerful and so all-knowing and so much more advanced than all the other world. Don't they need us over there in East Africa to come tell them what to do and to show them how to live? Surely. Yes (laughs) and no. (laughs) The one thing that I would say, it is true we need each other. But we need each other learning to understand and bear with one another mm-hmm. rather than coming and imposing my beliefs or my cultural practices on the other person and making the other person feel more inferior, less important, less valued. And that's what is not right. And by doing so, we have a wrong application of what the gospel is all about. You know, in Luke, uh, there's a scripture when Jesus had his disciples, especially James and John, and he, he said, you know, the rulers and the leaders and how they rule over the people? They go, yeah. 
He said, let it not be so with you. Uh, I know a missionary in Belize, and he told me one thing I don't want is for you to come over here and just bring all your stuff and do a big show, tell us what to do, and then leave. He said, that's not mission work, and it's not needed here. So, Stephen, I just appreciate what you're saying right there about the true mission view. So, Anthony, does that ring a bell for us in urban Phoenix? I love the way that your disposition is, Stephen, and and just showing humility and coming alongside communities and saying, hey, we don't want to dictate or point out exactly what's wrong. We want to have a partnership together and in community and learn from each other. You know, Jesus had an intense interest in the love uh, for the vulnerable. And he went in and was able to really turn the cultures upside down. He exposed the cultural disregard that they had um, for for people and discovering, listening, uh, identifying uh, what kind of values a culture has. As the kingdom is very present in a community, it exposes um, a lot of those values um, that, that, that press against the kingdom. Um, for, for us here in our community, in our culture, it's consumerism. Consumerism yeah. redefines our values. And Jesus exposes that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He says, you cannot serve both God and money, mm-hmm. God and mammon. Mm-hmm. And w- what happens when the church embraces a consumeristic uh, culture or values mm-hmm. is we begin treating people as commodities. We... we we look at people and we say, you know, we ask the question, what can you do for me? What can you do for my kingdom? And that's, that's what comes, you know, what stands against, you know, this idea of collaboration and working together is that we are trying to build our own uh, kingdoms. And so we start looking at individuals and, and, we, and we ask, you know, uh, we simply identify that people are a means by which we can, we can get what we want. And we know that is not a biblical worldview, but that's a consumeristic worldview yeah. and we start to blur the lines between the material and the spiritual. So you're, you're saying that uh, here where we work, where maybe we deal with a, some issues of a consumeristic worldview here in America. Yeah. We just, we want a little bit more. And even in our churches, we, you know, corporations will look at, you know, having more profit, you know, money is power, right? We all just need just a little bit more. And even churches, we think in terms of buildings. We need more buildings. We, right. we, we need more warm bodies in the pews. And, and, and so we start to uh, – the, the values of the culture start um, imposing themselves on, on the church. And, and we start gauging success in different ways. You know, this is what the good life looks like and what it means. And, and it all has to do with numbers and, and much like what our world will look at and engage success. Mm-hmm. And – uh, kingdom success looks much different. It looks like Jesus, who went to the poor, who went to the right. vulnerable and oppressed. Um, he went to people to serve. He served people who could not give anything back in return. Um, and I think this is a real, real issue that we're that we're having to work through and navigate through, um, especially as 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 our church, among other churches, are in areas where they own property and uh, means of sustainability is is an ongoing issue. Um, how do we push back against the cultural values, particularly consumerism, uh, where we are not tempted to treat people as commodities and, and, and missing out on ministering to those that Jesus came to serve and yeah. to save? You know, Stephen taught me this week, too, about strategic relationships. And he says, uh, one thing you said to me, and I wrote this down, i got to find it in my notes, and you said, oh, don't minister with manipulation. Don't right. minister 
to somebody wanting something in return. That like you the the biblical uh, idea that that we talked about on the couch the other night was the ten lepers. Yes, Jesus didn't heal the ten lepers and and with a manipulation, no. but only one came back. Yeah. So what was success and in America? And I've been in mega churches, been on staff at those. And hey, I'm not picking on them. I know everybody's got a uh, you know, a job to do. I know that. But nickels and noses have been a big deal for many many years. My son started a church. Jeff, my son Jeff, was my pastor. It was called Caneo in a, in a pretty uh, uh, in an area that that was uh, a little in poverty, and he it was a great work. God did a great work in that area. And then uh, we bumped into Anthony. I'm downtown in a, in an area that's there's some poverty right there downtown, and God is doing some tremendous work. And we're finding out it's not nickels and noses; it's brokenness and humility and honesty and collaboration. Those are the words that's, that's, that I'm seeing as a success. That God is breaking us. God, we're the broken. And I'm seeing this in our ministry. It's not a nickel and noses. Yeah, we need nickels and we need the noses, but that's not our thrust. We don't minister for manipulation. We do it for the kingdom of God to bring glory uh, to our Father. So, uh, Stephen, what's your take on what we're saying? We like in this last minute. I want you to kind of focus on what we said. So, over there in Kenya, when you go to Worldview, what do you, what do you what are you showing them? What's the difference between their view and a biblical worldview? You got a minute. Basically, what we are showing them that uh, the uh, worldview is literally um, a portrait of brokenness. And uh, in this particular aspect of brokenness, the only person, if I would use the word person, that can be able to restore the person to his or her full value and dignity is only Jesus Christ. Wow. So without him, you are useless. You are nobody. But in our assumptions that are totally disoriented about ourselves, about our communities, it's only Jesus that can be able to restore. Wow, you went right there. The answer is Jesus. Amen. So when you take the gospel to these countries, Jesus yeah. is on the front lines. Amen. Well, hey, you are listening to Koinia Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Med Skeen sitting in for Tom Brown, and we are unpacking missions, global missions. Stay with us. We'll be right back for the last segment. Welcome back to Koenia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Med Skeen sitting in for Tom Brown. Uh, again in the studio, Stephen Johnson, uh, Anthony Cox, and Stephen Mushini from Kenya. Uh, Stephen Mushini, uh, I got to tell you, um, I have learned so much just listening to you, watching you, and being blessed by you. And the last time we talked about that worldview, and um, as Anthony was saying, what does it look like when you uh, are teaching this biblical worldview and some of these leaders, especially the younger ones, and a light comes on? What, what does that look like? How does that transform them? Well, this transforms them, and we would uh, maybe put it in a nutshell and say that 
it is and being able to understand the mindset of people in another culture. And therefore, they are able to understand, just not in their culture, but they are able also to understand what goes on in their personal lives and those that are related to them and those that are within their community and those that they serve, if they are church leaders, if they are youth, if they are, you know, any other community leaders, they are able to understand once this, the biblical worldview has been uh, disseminated to them. The other thing, it, it helps them to be able to develop strategies to overcome barriers to understanding the other communities or the other party. And this applies even to I as an individual being able to understand my neighbor. Why does he think the way he thinks? Why does he do the way he, he does things? And from that point of view, I'm able to understand and have a proper way to reach out to him. And just maybe uh, quickly, it also helps us to recognize the difference between another's uh, worldview we are, work, we are working with and a biblical uh, one. Therefore, keeping us focused on God and not man. So this is why the biblical worldview is very, very important in challenging our worldviews that are totally disoriented. So when you say, it's almost like you said, uh, the biblical worldview is we're all broken. Yes. And the answer is Jesus. Yes. So when we know that on the out, out front, when we approach communities, when we approach our families, we know one thing, we're all broken. Yes. We're all selfish. Yeah. And so when we know that, we're not surprised. And it's not something that just slaps us in the face. Yeah. So we can approach them with mercy. That's we can right. approach it with love yeah. and kindness. Those things that Jesus has, has told us to live by. It's not that he just wanted us to be good people. He knew that was the tool we needed to reach a broken world. That's right. Amen. That's the a biblical view that I love. So, Anthony, how does that impact with us? Yeah, well, it's the same thing. I mean, we, you know, what we believe, you know, makes an impact in the way that we live. And so, um, you know, as a pastor, I want to, I want to have a, a biblical worldview and be able to expose the text week in and week out uh, through interpersonal relationships, through preaching, uh, in our weekly gatherings. I mean, we, we want to give everyone the Bible, right? So they can have a biblical worldview and it impacts the way that they live individually, as a family, as a community, and so on. So um, two things you were talking about when uh, when we were talking the other night, and I kind of wrote these down because I know it's your MO. It's your mode of operation. When you go to these countries, when you go to these communities, these leaders, you got me on Google Map the other night. We went to Tanzania, and you walked me through neighborhoods and where you stayed. Then you took me to Kenya and showed me where you lived. You showed me the slums of Kenya and some of the things that goes on in there and, and how they're treated by the government and different things, some of the injustices going on there. And uh, I shared with you that Auntie and I see those same injustices here. And so that similarity of brokenness, that similarity of the powerful over the, the, the helpless, it's global. And that's why Jesus sends us out to all nations to share the gospel, the global view of the gospel, a, a, a way to, to reach out and to touch people. And you said two things. You said that you teach a biblical worldview, which is the answers the question, why? 
We do what we want. And then the holistic discipleship, this answers the question, how? So you talked about the biblical worldview, which you made that real clear. What do you mean by holistic discipleship? Now, when we talk about the holistic uh, discipleship, first of all, we need to understand that we have a narrow view of the gospel. And the narrow view of the gospel is that we always tell people, turn to Jesus. Already, if you don't, you don't turn to Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And so that's what we keep on telling people. But that is a narrow way of, I mean, a narrow view of the gospel. But we need to see beyond that. It is true. We need to turn to Jesus. But we don't need to scare people. We don't need to intimidate them spiritually as it is. But helping people to understand Christ in his wholesomeness, that he is not just leading us to heaven, but he also speaks life here on earth. So he speaks both heaven and he speaks here on earth as well. So there is nothing that he does not cover. He covers both our lives in all four spheres of life, if I would say. And so in those spheres of life, I would uh, quote uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And he says that, and Jesus grew in stature. Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. And those are four areas of development. And so we see that Jesus was intellect. He was, he was, uh, he was, you know, he grew in the area of wisdom. In other words, Jesus sat under people to instruct him. He sat under the, he was, he went to the synagogue. He learned about the law and therefore he developed in his area of wisdom. We also see that there is the need of physical. Jesus grew in physical. And that's what we mean by stature. And in the physical, we have relationships within that sphere of physical. What relationships do we have in physical? In physical, we have relationships with the uh, work. And sometimes some of us, we have a very negative attitude towards work. And I found out it's not only in the, in the African uh, community where I come from, even in the United States of America, uh, the most powerful nation, there are many people that have a negative attitude towards work. There is also need of the environment, and those are the areas of physical. There is an aspect we said that, and Jesus uh, grew in uh, favor with God, and we would call that in normal terms spiritual. Therefore, Jesus had a spiritual relationship with his God, with his Father. He had time to pray. He had time to fellowship. He had time alone with God the Father. But we also have relationships that within that sphere, we have relationship with the devil. We have relationship with, you know, demons. We have relationships with the angels. Some more than others. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Go ahead. Sorry. So those are relationships. And lastly, we have, he says, and he grew in stature with the man. Which area is that? Is social. So in the social aspect, we are social beings. And in social beings, how I relate with my family, how I relate with my children, how I relate with my friends. And not only friends, we have enemies, just as we have seen in the spiritual realm. So we have to love our enemies? Oh, sure. <laughs> so those are the areas that Jesus uh, grew 
and Jesus being our model, and not just a savior, but he's also our model, how we should live, how we should develop. He grew in all those four areas. And so man has to grow in all those four spheres. That is an excellent demonstration and explanation of holistic discipleship. And Anthony, I think you're kind of dealing with that in your messages right now, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I'm working through the Sermon on the Mount right now. And Jesus cared about uh, the, the physical just as he did the spiritual. I mean, the biological, the social, psychological, um, economic. God created us with various needs, and he's in the business of recreating his, his or restoring his good creation uh, through the proclamation and the demonstration of the gospel. God cares about the whole person, and that should be a big part of our discipleship, um, you know, uh, process is, is, is caring for the individual holistically. You know, I, I got to look at this big picture, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow. Um, now, Stephen Johnson, uh, you're sitting over there, and I'm thinking, you know, you're a quiet guy, but you see a lot of missionaries uh, coming and going and, and communicating. Do you hear this same story from the missionaries in Asia, the missionaries in South and Central yes. America? Yes, and it's so empowering to hear all of these stories. It just encourages me, and I learn from my brothers, you know, and it's it's such a, a blessing to, to sit under them and learn and hear their stories because, as we stated earlier, the same issues are here in America. And, you know, Steve, I don't know about this, but my kids grew up in um, in Sunday school, mm-hmm. in Bible studies, at Young Life. And, you know, there's a lot of good te- leaders, and there's some that weren't well-trained. Right. And when we train them, it's not just memorizing a verse and, right. and, and, and doing what your mom says, which right. those are important. But it's actually letting Jesus live in your life in with your parents, right. uh, with your friends, with your enemies, like he said, right. and with your community, wherever you go, this is important. It's that integrity of Jesus living his life through you, through you. in, in the, the holistic gospel, the holistic discipleship. So, Stephen, as you go through six countries teaching this, this is exactly what we do. Anthony and I, with a couple other pastors, John and Ricky, we sit and strategize and plan how we can disciple people holistically. We we find out where they are. We go to work with them. We go to coffee with them. We talk about their families. We talk about their jobs and, and how Jesus can infiltrate those areas. This holistic discipleship, you've just shrunk our world again. What you do on the other side of the planet, on the southern hemisphere— is what we do right here in the United States of America. Jesus had a plan. He said to go into all the nations and teach them and and make disciples. And we're doing the same thing, buddy. What you do over there, we're doing right here. And I got to tell you, I'm encouraged. This is our last segment. We're going to come back. And you have shrunk my globe, buddy. You've let me know what goes on over there is going on here. Thank you for sharing about a biblical worldview and holistic discipleship and making our world small. I got to tell you guys, uh, Tom Brown, thank you for letting me sit in here with these awesome gentlemen. I'm humbled today, and uh, we're going to be back in a moment and finish off. Uh, And I hope that if you heard this, that you get an idea what discipleship is, you'll get an idea of what the gospel is, and you'll get an idea what missions is all about. So you are listening to Koinia, 
on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Med Skeen sitting in for Tom Brown. We'll be right back. Well, uh, it's been an honor sitting in here for Tom Brown, looking at these awesome men and hearing their stories and the wisdom uh, that we've heard today. And Stephen Johnson from Harvest Foundation, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, and it's been a blessing and a pleasure to sit with you guys and, and hear the stories. Amen. Ditto. And Anthony Cox, you're always a blessing, and you got to collaborate and communicate with Stephen today, the similarities. Thank you for being here. What'd you think? Yeah, no, thanks, Med and Tom Brown, for allowing us the opportunity. Stephen, I, I, I really enjoyed learning from you um, during your tenure here, and we're going to be praying for you. We're partnered with you, and uh, man, our our contexts are so similar, yet we're so far away. Uh, but Christ is the answer, and so it's it's His name that we boast in and uh, we celebrate. So, Amen. God bless Amen. 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 Well, you know, Stephen has some dreams, and he's my brother, and I'm going to share them. So I'll do it for you. He really wants his daughter Irene to come out here to go to your university, and he'd like his wife to come see this in two years. And he lives off funds, and I got to tell you, my wife and I have, uh, are supporting him. Not much, but that things will change. But that's what he does. And if you're interested in helping a missionary, contact me or Steve Johnson or Ellie. Uh, me in particular, I'm easy to get a hold of. Med Skeens on Facebook or anywhere else or Tom Brown. And we'll get a hold. And if you want to support Stephen, it takes $200 a month for him to survive for a month. We do 200 bucks a month on restaurants. So I'm telling you, Stephen, you taught me a lot, bud, and you humbled me. Would you end in prayer? Tom's tradition here is to pray. My pleasure. So we will pray. And remember, Sunday is Mother's uh, Day. Father, we want to thank you for loving you, and we thank you for first loving us. And we give you an praise. We thank you, Lord, as it is uh, a traditional for Tom, who usually hosts us, uh, to pray for his wife. And therefore, we will pray for Mary. And on the behalf of all mothers, Lord, that you bless them and we honor them. And we just want to thank you that you are God, our Father, Jehovah Jahire, Jehovah uh, who nurtures, and we thank you, Lord, for being with us and revealing and manifesti- manifesting your presence in our lives and in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us.